0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's the in the no property podcast, but I have not got Frank Raidi sitting next to me anymore He's about half the age and uh, we're not talking residential; we're talking commercial. Damien Thompson, the head of the commercial division here at Henderson Advocacy, mate. Welcome to the uh, the In the Know Commercial Podcast,
1: mate. Thanks for having me. Super excited, but mate. It's good to, see, to see, see that you
0: brought in. your shorts as well. Yeah, I know, huh?
1: Eh? And mate, have you got socks on? Mate, it's Casual Fridays. <laughs> so, you got yeah. socks on as well. We you? have, we have. Yes. Good to
0: <laughs> <promise>. <laughs> mate, mate. Uh, commercial property—it's something that a lot of people are considering in this uh, higher interest rate environment people are chasing you know more cash flow so it doesn't have as much of a hit on the back pocket um, but mate there's a lot to know about commercial it's a lot different to residential it's not just a matter of jumping on realestateanddomain.com and and uh, you know ringing up your local agent um mate it's 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 very much more like a business transaction as opposed to a real estate transaction
1: yeah, absolutely. There's a lot a lot more involved, I, I suppose, in a commercial purchase. And you know, that is got to do, to, I suppose, there's a business right inside the property. So mm-hmm. there's a lot more factors that you know, I suppose you have to take into account when you're looking at a, a commercial purchase. But you're right. We're getting a lot of people at the moment sort of looking at, at that avenue of a purchase. And that's mostly because of the, I suppose, the positive cash flow, right? And, and the more better returns that we, we are seeing. But it comes with a lot more risk. So Exactly. Yeah.
0: That risk v reward, and and what we're going to unpack today on our first episode of the commercial podcast is naturally the pros and the cons of, of commercial assets. Uh, we're going to talk through the main differences between a residential property and a commercial property, and you know the different sectors of commercial property. Uh, we're going to run through the, the the performance you can expect to see from buying the right commercial asset, and and how you actually go about selecting those assets, and then uh, the outlook on commercial you know, property as opposed to residential property for, for 2023. And then mate, just the way we end the, in the no property podcast, we're going to end with a nice commercial fast fact. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. You got to get a fast as well, you know? Yeah. Um, so mate, look pros and cons. So you mentioned one of the big pros is, you know, you can expect to see higher rental returns from a commercial asset as opposed to a residential asset. And, um, with commercial assets, when we're talking rental yields, we're actually usually talking net rental yields, not gross rental yields like you do with, with residential. So um, net usually means of all expenses. So we've we've paid out all the expenses and the net number is what you're actually left with to put in your back pocket. Um, and usually what you've got to pay out of that is your, your interest cost or, or your cost of holding debt. Whereas with a, a, a resi property, as we know, we... We get our rent and then out of that rent comes all of our expenses, like our council rates, like our you know, property management fees, like our land tax, like our X, Y, Z. Um, so, you know, that that's a, a, a big uh, pro when it comes to commercial. And, and when we're talking, you know, I guess yields, Like, what would you say we could expect to see from... You know, let's just say a standard commercial property in most majors around uh, around the country.
1: Yeah, and it, it, look, it's very obviously dependent on where we're looking to buy, right? But I mean, look, you can you can be looking anywhere between five to ten percent returns when it comes to commercial. Net. Yeah. So yeah. you spend
0: a million bucks on a on a on a commercial asset, you're looking you at fifty, 50 to a hundred thousand. Uh, potentially in, in income.
1: Correct. And and when you say net, the reason for that is obviously, you know, the, the business inside the commercial space is, is taking up a lot of those costs and paying mm-hmm. a lot of those costs. So you, know, you have the tenant there that is essentially taking care of all your, all your insurances, your outgoings, you know, in some cases, even management fees and land tax and things like that. So that's what's making it obviously that, that high net return, right? Because all those fixed costs are passed on to, to the actual tenant much different than a resi
0: as opposed to Mm. you know like a resi like you were saying it's it's paid for by the the vendor um and you know just like you said then the 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 tenant inside of the property with a commercial asset is uh is not a human being as such renting it for their you know home living situation it's a business renting it to you know run their business outside of that and um, the pros for that is that you know they pay for everything, but I guess the con to that same same aspect is that um, there's less business tenants in Australia than there is tenants for residential because there's less people who run businesses than there is people who rent properties to own Uh oh, to live in sorry. Um, so that's one of the cons, right? Is that you've got less yeah. people to rent it to and and there's many different sectors of commercial. You know, we've got retail, we've got office space, we've got, you know, industrial, light industrial um, and all of these different sectors of the commercial space uh, appeal to different businesses. So, Correct, yeah. Um, and there's typically
1: four main areas, right? Like you mentioned, there's, there's retail, industrial, warehouses, there's, um, there's what we call specialty too, which is more so like service stations, child cares and things like that. Like that um and then you know obviously and now on on different variances and scales right so you have like a you know a small retail shop all the way up to like a major shopping center that has multiple retail tenancies and in the same with even the industrial space you can anything down to a small you know warehouse that we sort of just recently purchased all the way up to a major distribution factory right mm. so it can range the variances inside those different asset classes as well inside the commercial space
0: yeah exactly right so you know that that, that's a pro and a con um what would you say some of the other major pros and cons are of, uh, of investing in commercial
1: uh, I think I think in general like you know tenants tend to take a lot more care of the actual property itself because they're they, you know got, they're more inclined that they're running a business from there. It's the face of their brand and all that sort of stuff you know yourself from a resi perspective if sometimes you come to the end of a tenancy and you look in a resi and you know they've trashed the place right so exactly that's one good thing they have got more of an incentive to be able to I suppose take care of the property for you and in some cases they'll do things and fix certain aspects of the property right and and, and overall you're the one that's going to benefit benefit from that Mm. the other thing is um you know there's a lot of add-ons and i suppose a lot more add-ons that you can do in the commercial side of things like yes resi there's still quite a lot and you do a lot of them yourself with like you know adding second levels and developments and things like that but in commercial there's a lot as well right and there's there's some key factors you can do with like around adding on um telephone towers or signboards, and you know um Adding even to the roofing, adding um, your solar and solar stuff like that, and then and let, you know like giving
0: the power to the to the the tenant.
1: Yeah, and so there's a lot more add-ons you can do to be able to create more, even more income from from that from that asset. Um, so there's probably another couple of key aspects to, to the commercial side of things.
0: And then you know the 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 other thing with those tenants is usually your tenants with commercial are not staying for six or twelve month leases, right? Correct. They're in place yep. for three, five, ten, fifteen years, which yep. means. Um, you you can have a tenant for a much longer period of time, which can mean more consistent income. Um, but there is a downside to that as well, because when you lose a tenant, which happens in in every asset class, you can be vacant for a much longer period of time. Um, so, you know, if if you haven't got the cash to hold a property with no tenant in it, you know, that can be a that can be a major draw card. Um, but look, I think if you if you buy the right Commercial asset, and then you average that out to say, if you have no vacancy for three years, and then you have three three months of vacancy, you know, while you're looking for a new tenant, um, that's a month per year for the three years that it was uh, that it was tenanted, right? Which, you know, it's probably a little bit longer than than Resi, but not dramatically different.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and you, I think you touched on it perfectly there, right? It's about buying the right commercial asset, right? It's mm. like anything, if you buy the right one, you're probably not going to have, you know, you're going to have less than average vacancy rates if it does happen. Um, but yeah, typically, you know, can be up to like three months, for instance, not three years, I wouldn't say. That's probably quite a long um a three years rate. worth
0: of vacancy. Of, of, uh someone staying in the property three months worth of vacancy oh uh,
1: yeah yeah so the on the vacancy side three months is probably about right if you do get like on average with a yeah. commercial space so you know in saying that like you mentioned you are getting bigger returns and you are getting things like that which do help to offset those mm. type of things but yeah there's always going to be a higher vacancy in, in 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 a commercial right because like you said before there's somebody's running a business from that from that space and there's a lot less businesses in running than in australia they looking for a, a exactly yeah
0: and uh, we're seeing that at the moment in the, in the current rental market, um, and and just touching on the the add-ons that you were mentioning. So for, for for people who didn't grasp that, let's hypothetically say that you've got an industrial factory, and uh, you know you're on the side of a freeway, for example, which you know is where most industrial is because they want easy accessibility to your arterials. Um, you know you you lease out that industrial to a business, and then. You put a sign, a big billboard, or something on the roof of that property because you know there's thousands of cars driving mm-hmm. past a day. Yep. That then becomes income. You know, another business can lease the billboard and have their brand on that as you know signage, which which can add another twenty or thirty thousand dollars a year yep. for very minimal setup cost to uh, to that um, asset. And and then on top of that, like you said, uh, telephone towers, for example, you know if Telstra or Optus or Vodafone, whoever it is, wants to put a tower on your mm. your block. Uh, this is usually for freeholds yeah. um, you know that can be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars we know a client who, who has a, a a block in in Blacktown in Sydney um, you know it's a, a couple of acres in, in Blacktown business district and they use they use it as their yard for a, a big civil business and uh, mate Telstra have got a tower there and have had for many years and I think they're paying about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year they take yeah, up nice. about a hundred square meters of, uh, of space great. yeah so and then they obviously pay for all the maintenance and the setup and all the rest of it so those kind of things are less likely to happen on mm. uh, on residential than they are on uh, on commercial absolutely and that's uh another one i mean i mean
1: someone that we've i've worked with in the past owns a, a commercial space or a warehouse in uh, as well and they have much the same they're it's on one of the major sort of arterials and freeways, and they were approached by someone as well to put some some billboards up there, and that's I think that's netting him about 110 grand a year, and it's been locked in for about five years, right? On a you lease. You just got compare
0: so. the market meerkats up on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> you Always see that shit when you travel on the freeway. <laughs> compare dot com um, But Simple. yeah, it's
1: definitely the 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 over and above and the add ons that you know that's that's directly you know, straight into your pocket, right? Mm. So, so so far,
0: we've got, you're likely to get higher rental yields, you're likely to get longer-term tenants, Tenants. uh, your tenant's likely to pay for all of the outgoings, you know, you're going to have minimal cost, you've got add-ons that, you know, you can manufacture yield to the properties, um, which is not, you know, usually there. Um, What else would you say are some of the other big big pros for for commercial? Uh, The other one is,
1: uh, like... In the lease, I suppose part of it is you know, you they've already got factored in rental increases, too, mm. right? So, which isn't much different than a resi, right? If somebody leaves in 12 months' time, you're essentially negotiating that lease every year, right? So, every 12 months. Um, with, with the, the commercial side of it, if you have a 15 year in place, essentially, lease in place, essentially, you, you've already I suppose, factored in the increases. And that can be whether or not it's a, a fixed percentage or a CPI increase, but essentially, it's already negotiated into that lease, right? So Which you, means
0: you don't have to worry about, you know, telling your property manager every year, let's jack the resale. up. It's, it's yeah. already in there and it's expected. So if, yeah. you know, inflation or CPI this year is 8%, then uh, you're likely to see a nice 8% increase in the rental income that you receive from that asset. Correct.
1: Yeah. And that's, like you said, that's not renegotiating it yearly. That's agreed on at the start. And that's, could play out for fifteen years if there's no options in the lease, right? Mm. Or you know, it could be three to five years if there is options. Yeah.
0: So what would you say now are the are the main differences from, you know, buying a commercial investment as opposed to a a Resi investment?
1: Look, the main, and as far as what are some of the, I suppose, cons, you mean? And, yeah, differences, yeah, differences. Or, or, or cons. I mean, to- look, one of the biggest differences, obviously, which keeps people out of it is is essentially the, the bigger deposits, right, which mm. are needed to get into the space, right? So it's all, it's all great and it sounds great with all the returns and things like that. But obviously, there's a bit more of a risk factor involved, which is why the banks won't lend you as much uh, on a commercial asset. And most of the time, it's it can range from 65 to up to 80% for the for that you know LVR on depending on what bank you go with but that's probably one of the biggest factors which keeps people from
0: getting into the, the commercial space is you need more capital to get into Correct. either cash or, or equity yeah yeah and then you know on top of needing more cash to get into um, you know uh, an asset the other thing that I foresee as as a big difference and, and and potentially a con depending on the way that you look at it is that a lot of the value of that property is tied to having a tenant in place. So, you know, with a residential investment or a residential property, most banks will lend even if you don't have a tenant in there, right? They'll Mm -hmm. say, well, we need a rental letter to show what it could receive in rental Mm -hmm. income. Um, And if it can receive four or 500 bucks a week, they'll lend based on that projected rental income in the future. Whereas if you're trying to buy a commercial asset and it's a vacant commercial asset, could be brand new, could just be something where there's no tenant in place, the asset's worth a significant amount less in the bank size than in reality. So if you're trying to get finance on that, let's just say it's worth 700 grand or 7 million, whatever number is relative to you, um, the bank might see it as, and let's just say that $700,000 investment um, would receive, you know, usually a 5% net yield. So it's receiving um, about Mm 35,000 a year in rental income. Uh, the banks won't look at that 35,000 unless it's in place and they can see a lease where someone's actually renting it. They won't do projected income. So if it's not in place, they won't lend you as much and they see it worth significantly less than what you potentially have to pay for it. So again, that's a that's a, a difference or an a con is um, it's much harder to get finance for those properties. And, you know, like one recently we experienced with uh with we had negotiated for our client the lease in place, but someone had purchased this asset. They uh, they had a tenant in place when they purchased it. That tenant happened to be the old owner, just renting it through another business. And he was paying an inflated rent or rental amount because um because you know, if you pay yourself rental income, you're saving tax here in your business, and then you, you know, you can disperse it through a trust or something. But it made the the property look like it was worth much more than what it was, right? So this person bought it based on this perceived rental income. That tenant ended up moving out of the property, and then he realized that the property wasn't worth 130 grand a year rental income. It was only worth eighty thousand dollars a year to the normal person, and uh, naturally, the the Uh, the asset value significantly decreased just based on that very, very simple thing. So you need to be conscious of that, that a lot of the value is tied to the tenant and the rental income that you're getting from that property. Yeah, definitely,
1: absolutely. And in that case, it was, um, you know, a lot of people, you see that quite a lot actually. And usually what happens is it's the last section of the lease or something before they actually go to sell it, right? So it's like, we're gonna run the business as, as best as we can or as profitable as we can. And then before we go, if we're gonna sell the building, uh, then we'll pump it up in the last three to five years, right, of mm. the lease so that, you know, at least when you go to sell it, it's got that higher rental in place, right? And so you can, yeah,
0: you can sort of alter the value of a property correct. if you're a shady yeah. person, um, you know, to suit your best interest. Yeah. So that's something to be conscious of too. And that's probably the biggest main difference, right? It's like, you need a larger amount to get into the property. The majority of the value of the assets tied to the rental income, as opposed to its perceived value from a future buyer. And then the, uh, I guess the last main difference is, there's a perception out there where commercial assets don't grow as strongly as uh, as residential assets, which, you know, has some truth to it. Um, It's all about obviously buying the right asset, first and foremost, but I would say on the averages, the commercial sector um, encompassing all, all different types of commercial assets in the residential sector, um, they do perform differently, you know, and, and and I think if you buy the right residential asset in comparison to the right commercial asset, uh, the the residential asset will probably outperform it from a growth perspective. Mm. Um, and you're able to access that equity a little bit easier through, you know, your, your residential, lenders so for sure
1: and it's all it's 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 different how it's not really uh, correlated either right the two mm. separate marketplaces so just because the residential marketplace around a certain area has grown um doesn't necessarily mean a commercial property in that same location would have performed the same right because they you know one's one's more or less linked to the business world and and things like that versus the the macro uh,
0: economy right yeah and we're starting to see that now with with interest rates starting to increase um, you know, over the last sort of three or so, or maybe even more, three, three to five years, people have been buying commercial assets with extremely low yields because they're pegging it to the overall you know, cash rate and interest rates. Where now interest rates are increasing, it's costing more to hold a property. Um, we're starting to see the yields of commercial assets increase in line with that. Um, but again, it's not tied to our normal macro, you know, residential market drivers like we talk about it's tied more so to, you know, the, the overall economy as such globally even, um, and the, you know, the, how the businesses are performing and and their ability to, you know, pay increased rents. Correct. Um, and that gets us on, I guess, to, to the outlook of the commercial sector, you know, 2023 and and on from now and and what that looks like in comparison to the residential sector. So yeah, how are you seeing things? I mean, there's obviously different sections, like we said, of the
1: of the commercial space which are getting affected by the current climate, right? And you know, one of those big big I suppose areas is office spaces and we've seen that over the last couple of years as we you know, as COVID and, and things like that have kicked in. You know, we've seen a massive change in, in that side of things from bigger companies that would used to take floor space massive floor space of of buildings and multiple levels you know we're seeing them trim right up and then people work from home so they're not needing that type of space or that much space and you know they're more pushing into you know i suppose communal working environments and things like that um so that's look there's different i suppose areas of commercial are affected quite differently so definitely feel if you're looking into 2023 that's going to remain the same like Mm. i think the office side of things is going to be a little bit tricky i think in sydney office vacancy rates were you know circa 15 percent last year and i think they're predicting it could go up to 20 and across melbourne it's quite similar it's even a little bit higher they're predicting it'll come up to about 25 percent this year inside the cbd right so different areas
0: significant right that's massive yeah in comparison to to residential vacancies at the moment you're talking less than one percent in the majority of locations Mm. And, and that's again because they're completely different tenants which you're looking for
1: yeah, and then, like, the other side of it, or the other class is obviously warehouse and industrial, right? So, if you take a look at that, for instance, you know, that's probably a different outlook that's mm. a lot stronger at the moment. Like, the, the recent one that we purchased up on the Gold Coast there, I think that had a vacancy rate of about 0.8 percent right so that's, that's crazy that's so tight and that's because of the things like you know you're getting these big companies uh, more people uh, i suppose selling things online <coughs> you're needing a lot more distribution and warehouses and that's driving that side of it right mm, so everything's yeah, now as opposed right. to being yeah. you know,
0: shopfront and retail again is a, is a is a sector of the correct commercial yeah. space that's really struggling and and will probably struggle moving forward but then you flick over to you know your hospitality venues and mm. things like pubs you know, you look at the first month of this year and That's there's right. been hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars yeah, worth yeah, of yeah. sales yeah. In, in that sector because, you know, people see them as, as great assets, right? The majority of them are freeholds. You've got long long leases in place. Mm-hmm. You've got liquor licenses. You've got gaming licenses. And, yep. Um and you know for, for for high net worths and and institutional investors mm. there's never enough of those things that's right
1: and especially when it comes down to a location like a, a good pub in a good location in like a you know in a good area is you know you can't just pick that business up and walk it down the street to another location right exactly it's uh it's 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 been grown around the community locally and, and things like holes. that you look yeah. at the
0: royal here in paddo mate you, right. can't, you couldn't just pick the royal <laughs> You know, so where true. would the boys go on a Friday after work? Aye, that's it. So I think, you know, the outlook is, is again, it's looking at the sub markets inside of the overall commercial yep. sector. Some will perform extremely well. I think that the, you know, the hospitality space and, and pubs are going to continue to go from strength yeah. to strength. I think industrial is going to be much of the same. Um, that may change a little bit when consumer spending changes and maybe pe- businesses stop growing like they are um but you look at retail and then you also look at office space and i think they're going to be two areas that that struggle even more so you're seeing a lot of huge tech companies do you know big layoffs these are some of the biggest companies in the world Mm -hmm. and if they they have less staff they need less space to to keep these staff um and you know you you compare that to residential and and it's really the resi market's affected by interest rates increasing and and people and sentiment not not as strong Mm -hmm. and people's serviceability decreasing so yeah um it's very, very interesting. And like you said, they don't necessarily correlate with one another and they're not driven by the same factors. Mm -hmm. Um, Mate. And I think
1: just on that too, like the outlook is obviously for this year, right? But, in general what we always say too right is if you're going to buy a property it's not about buying it for the next year or exactly. so it's it's about buying it for the next 10 15 20 30 years so you know if you're going to purchase the right property in the right location and, and making sure it's ticking all the boxes and you've done your especially the commercial side of it, you've done your, your dd or your, due your diligence on it mm. um you know it's going to perform over time right so you just have to write out these these little changes and if you've, and you've
0: got a, a good tenant in place over the long term you're not really mm-hmm. going to feel it anyway because your cash flow is not going to change you've probably got your, your rental increases Correct. built in yeah yeah um and it's probably you know you can sit on the beach and drink a corona and come back next (laughs) year and and just really enjoy yourself but mate before we wrap up we've got the uh the commercial property tip of the week and um mate it's around you know what we we touched touched on before but you know tenants in commercial assets are more likely to look after the property than uh than the average punter renting a two-bedder down the road
1: correct and it's 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 interesting, right? Because it's obviously they're going to take a lot more care of it because it's their brand, it's their business. And usually, you know, they're putting their life savings into it a lot of the time if it is a smaller sort of style commercial. Well,
0: talk about your own experience, right? You've been in in 101 hospitality businesses and sold them.
1: Well, not 101, but probably just over... 18 one, or just so one. <laughs> <laughs> 18 <laughs> or so venues over the last sort of 15 years and um, you know those I mean yeah you're right I mean from my, on my own perspective I was like you know this is your baby that's right it's exactly what it is right it's, it's your baby especially when you're starting out a new business right for the first couple of years that's you live and breathe it right so the, and that's part of who you are on a daily basis so you, you're taking care of it and that that thing that side of things reflects on to looking after the commercial asset side right from the from the landlord side right you get a good tenant um whether it's a new business or existing moving in then you know they're going to look after it a lot better they're going to make sure that in some cases they'll paint the building for you Mm. they'll you know they'll do certain things to the building that you know they are going to need because it's going to benefit them but it's also going to benefit you right so it's a lot different mindset around that than you know if you're saying hey i'm just going to rent this place out and live in it for a year and then bounce and then that's it and i don't really care about what happens to the property as long as it's uh putting a roof over my head for now it's
0: very very true so essentially when you've got a commercial asset it's a business's front door a lot of the time, they're gonna look after it like it's their own. Whereas as we know with residential, you know, if you're in the right area, you're more than likely going to have a good mm. tenant, But you know, they they don't treat it as if it's their own property. And and you often see that with your outgoing inspections when your tenants move out.
1: (laughs) You definitely do, for sure. Well,
0: mate, uh, that's a good first episode, I reckon. I think it's um, good, yeah. I think the
1: idea was just to cover off some of the basic stuff, right? So that we can dig deeper as we go. And I suppose shed the light a bit more on the commercial side of things for people, right? Exactly.
0: And it's something now, you know, like, the the majority of the commercial assets that we've purchased in the past have been for higher net worth clients. And Mm -hmm. now, you know, you're you're more, I guess, mum and dad investors are starting to get into the sector. And and we want to make sure that they're doing it correctly. And they're doing it educated, doing it the the most educated they can be. So, um, mate, next week, we're going to run through the different types of of commercial assets. We've touched on them today. You've got office space, you've got warehouse or industrial, Mm. you've got retail, you've got special services, like you said, you've got, you know, um, hospitality, like pubs and um, there's so many different sectors inside of, you know, commercials so we' are going to run off um, and, and cover them off in more detail and, and maybe shed a light on what we feel like are the strongest kinds of assets.
1: Yeah, definitely unpack them a bit more and, you know, what to look out for if you are looking at those type of purchases and some of the benefits and things like that for sure.